Welcome to my podcast on everything about health. I'm your host, Becca, and here we will be discussing basic information on every topic. We will cover everything from physical health, spiritual health, and mental health. No topic is off All guest appearances welcome. This platform is to bring back the freedom of speech and allow everyone to feel their voice matters, no matter what the circumstances are. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Happy Friday. Another wonderful episode of Hormones. Hopefully everybody is diving deep into the segment, kind of understanding a little bit more. So that way, if imbalances do occur, you can kind of differentiate exactly which ones play a huge role. Now, just kind of before we get started, like I told you last week, we did find out the gender of the baby. However, we're doing a gender reveal for the family tomorrow. So we will announce the name and gender on next episode when we go over thyroid. And that one's probably going to be my most favorite one because like I told you before in a previous section is that I did my undergraduate final on thyroid. I hope all you dads out there also had a wonderful Father's Day. I know I spent a really awesome day with my dad, had a lot of fun, sister was there. It was amazing. It was a great day. And yes, I did have a happy first Father's Day to my partner and to everybody out there that's conflicted on whether or not that's the first Father's Day. I say it is because to me, that man is going above and beyond for me while I am pregnant doing things that I would normally do or stuff that I would technically be pulling around the house or just in general, the extra labor, anything, he is always spot on for me. And when I can't make my mind up because prego brain, he is always there for me. So yes, first Father's Days do count when baby is still in womb. Still counts. All right, diving into today, we are going to be talking about male hormone imbalances and I'm partnering it with menopause. And the reason why I'm doing both, and I'm going to do male first and then go into female menopause because male's a little bit shorter and it's not like it's bad or good. There's no in between. It's just the fact of what males you guys should be looking out for. So for all my male listeners out there, the types of hormone imbalances, and let me pause and start with saying If you can recall from a few episodes ago, you have the same hormones as a female. The difference between you and a female is you produce more testosterone. Your estrogen and your progesterone levels are really low, which they should be. And your prolactin is like exists to nothing and really doesn't do anything for your body. So the main thing that males truly need to be concerned over and what they should be looking for is thyroid and testosterone. Other hormones, of course, are going to play a factor just like with females as well, whether it be like your sleep, your digestion, things of that nature. However, when it comes to the reproduction, testosterone plays a huge role in imbalancing. And andropause is a low testosterone level. And when it declines, declines per the age. DHEA levels lower. And that can be a part of the andropause, which is the lower testosterone. Adrenal fatigue. So now we're, now we're going into cortisol levels, adrenal glands, 
things of that nature. Females have it just as much as males get it as well. Hypo and hyperthyroidism, same thing. Females get it just like males have it. It all just depends on what's the contributing factor. Human growth hormone. A low human growth hormone levels occur when age, and it can have a medical condition behind it too. So those are just few of the hormone imbalances that males have to go through. And, you know, it's not just all females, it's males too. And, you know, symptoms that doctors, professionals, naturopathics, everything out there, they kind of look for like, you know, erectile dysfunction, a low sex drive, low energy, increased body fat, fatigue and weakness, loss of motivation, loss of muscle mass, loss of strength. That's going to be huge tying in because testosterone really helps males, um, you know, losing the memory, depression, anxiety, mood swings, irritability, hair loss, and just like women, night sweats, hot flashes, aging skin. There's so many different things like that go into it and more into prostate enlarging, burning sensation when peeing, bloating, acne, heart disease, heart palpitation, osteoporosis, diabetes, low blood sugars, migraines, allergies, low sperm count. So many symptoms can be a factor. I'm not saying to go out there and WebMD yourself and if you have one of these, you have something wrong with your hormones. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying kind of be aware of what's going on with your body. What are you eating? What are, how much are you drinking? Is your exercise or your activity level? Where's that at? How are you feeling? Stuff like that you want to kind of assess on a day-to-day basis. And there is stuff out there that can help. And a lot of times it doesn't happen right away. And the biggest thing that researchers have found with males is males start with the most testosterone in the morning. And as the day goes on, their testosterone lowers. So it's very important on what you put in your body. It's very important on your hydration and how much caffeine you intake and how much alcohol you drink. All of it plays a huge role because then as you age, not only is it from when you wake up to when you go to bed, but your age is also going to be a contributing factor of when your hormones are going to start changing, how they're changing. Genetics plays a role. All of these are huge parts. So males, if something is going on, be aware. It's not just for the females. It's for you guys too. You guys need to understand that if something doesn't feel right, something isn't normal. If you've changed, don't just say, oh, it's because I'm getting older. Wrong. Something is wrong. Get yourself checked. Get your levels checked. Get your blood work done. Have your nutrition evaluated. Have your lifestyle evaluated. Don't just say, oh, it's because I'm getting older. That is such an old wise tale that that's untrue. It's false. We should not feel like we are getting older. If we take care of ourselves, eat right, stay hydrated, be active in a fun way that matters to us, There's no reason why we should feel old. There are a lot of older people in their 80s and 90s outliving people because they're taking care of themselves. Now rolling into menopause and women who are going to be listening in for this way. We all know that we have perimenopause, menopause transition, and the postmenopause. So unlike males who just have the testosterone that gets lowered or their estrogen, which gets higher, 
or progesterone gets higher too. That's also a, a possibility. However, with females and their reproduction for their menopause, this is a lot. Women do encounter a lot because there are different stages and a lot of it goes on age, genetics, and the factors and environment that they're under and what they do and how everything goes through with food, nutrition, smoking, altitudes, malnourished, everything plays a role. So though it also plays a role with males, it also plays a role with females. Females just have different stages where males undergo a reproductive, a reproduction hormone imbalance of testosterone, progesterone, estrogen. Females have different stages with menstruation. So beginning with perimenopause, it refers to the first several years before the one year after the last menstrual period. So it's almost like where it starts becoming irregular, you start having a little bit more symptoms go down. During perimenopause, estrogen and progesterone levels will fluctuate widely. And that's kind of how women will start to know, okay, there's something up, let's go get tested. And through blood work and other tests, professionals can tell if you're hitting perimenopause. A lot of women are known to experience this around their 40s. However, it is not uncommon for some women with genetics to have it in their 30s or for other factors to make it even earlier or later. Some women don't experience perimenopause until their 50s or 60s. It really just depends on genetics and the factors of your environment. So then you transition into menopause, and that is categorized by the changes in the patterns of the menstrual cycle. This transition can be four to eight years. It lasts longer in women who smoke and women who are younger when it begins. Again, this is one of those things that become a factor of where are your hormones at, what factors are involved with nutrition, how well you're taking care of yourself, what supplements you're putting into your body, all of those play a role. And I can't emphasize enough, everything you do plays a factor into what is happening in your body. And then there's postmenopause, and that is the time frame of after your last menstrual period, and they kind of base it off of a year from your last cycle. A lot of times women can be categorized from this age anywhere from their 40s to 50s, but again, can be younger, it can be older. People who smoke, live in high altitudes, have a malnourished or different lower nutritional intake can experience this at a younger age. So a lot of times what women should be concerned of is like irregular menstrual periods, hot flashes, and other symptoms can be confusing because now you're starting to play into the factor of what is categorized as quote unquote PMS, breast tenderness, moodiness, um, worsening migraines, things that people feel in a menstrual cycle that also happens with menopause. And funny thing is some of it even happens with pregnancy. So it really is hard to know what is happening unless you're tracking, you're understanding uh, what's going on in your environment. The factors of everything are staying neutral with your environment, your nutrition, your hydration, your activity level, things of that nature. One thing I found funny is I had a friend tell me that a professional 
told her that depression and anxiety is not a cause of a hormone change. And that's false. And I even told my friend that. I was like, that's not true. That is so not true. Especially with women who are in menopause, they're going to experience depression, irritability, anxiety, nervousness. They're going to have insomnia. They're going to feel fatigued, headaches. There are so many symptoms that come along with that, that it was very wrong for that professional to tell my friend, oh, that's not a symptom. Well, actually, depending on what it was that was going on, it could have been a symptom. And that professional could have taken two extra minutes out of their time to tell my friend, that's a symptom in this case. Maybe not your case, but that's a symptom in this case. And that way my friend had more education behind her. But professionals are so fast to just send you in and out of the office, collect a check, give you a meds, and send you out the door. Why aren't more people concerned about educating That way, someone knows when they get to that stage in life, what a sign or symptom could possibly be to come back to that professional. I have my opinion, and I'll keep it to myself, so we'll just keep going on. Also, to night sweats. They can be categorized with hot flashes, but in reality, night sweats are a whole different level versus hot flashes. So that happens during menopause as well. Other symptoms after menopause, so yeah, isn't this wonderful? You, you start having symptoms going into menopause, and then you have more intense symptoms while you're in menopause, and then after menopause, you have more symptoms. That's, again, I can't emphasize enough in every single episode, what you put into your body, what your environment is around you, everything plays a role. You've got to take care of yourself. You have got to look at all of the factors that are going into it. What is my nutrition? What are my supplements? Where's my hydration? Hydration meaning water. Pure H2O. Not anything else. Not electrolyte-based things. The only thing that could qualify is smart water or those electrolyte waters. Anything else is not hydration. So anyways... Back on track, the post symptoms for postmenopause, you know, you're going to have a different urinary tract because the vagina becomes thinner, drier, less elastic. And the sex libido, it can go down. There's going to be a lot of things that happen to a woman's private area that's going to feel uncomfortable and things that they have to kind of make sure they're taking care of. And things can be taken care of with different activities, different supplements, exercises, It is just based on what's going on with that person and what they need. So that also kind of goes back in with urinary tract because of like how the lining becomes thinner. You may have a little bit of a weaker bladder. Skin's going to be different. Skin's going to be different in either males or females. It really doesn't matter just because of how the estrogen decreases the amount of collagen is going to decrease. And that's also why I wrote a blog on the website about collagen. And there's debates out there with collagen. I'm a huge supporter on collagen. And please go ahead and visit healthylifestyleforfun.com. Find the blog. 
under collagen. It is a great read. And then I break it into bovine and marine. So I let you know. And then powder versus liquid. Your bones. Women are going to experience, because of the decrease in estrogen, they may have a little bit of like a diagnosis of osteoporosis. Again, this is something that the professional, the healthcare provider, and the patient are going to talk about because it's per symptom, it's per body, it's per characteristic. I'm not saying everybody's going to have this. I'm not saying this is going to happen to every single person. I'm saying these are things that are possibilities of happening when your hormones change post-menopause. And then, of course, like the fat lipids are going to also change as well. So like your LDLs and HDLs, those are going to play into a huge factor. So, of course, other ways that you can treat menopause, and I'm not saying go out and do this. What I'm saying is please contact your healthcare provider to find out what is going on, what levels are off, what you need to be better, and where it's going on. There are naturopathic OBs that can help you. And there are other general measures they can produce besides medicine or over-the-counter drugs or hormone therapy. There's so much that goes into this. So please make sure you're talking to a healthcare provider. Make sure you're checking in with your PCP, your OB, whoever you have in control of your health. Make sure you're staying consistent with them. Also too, I wasn't a huge supporter back in the day of blood work. I was kind of like, I think more too, I was scared, right? Because I didn't know what mine would say. So I was like, ah, we don't need that. I feel fine. I look fine. I'm fine. No, that's lies. I want everybody out there right now to hear me say that is not true. Please get blood work done regularly. That is how silent killers become silent killers. This is for both male and female. Make sure you're regularly getting your blood work done because there are going to be markers and indicators that are telling your healthcare provider or your natural path that something is off and you need to get it adjusted. You could be the healthiest person in the world and genetics can come and knock you in the face. So do not be stubborn, drop the ego, go get checked, get it somebody you trust. And that's another huge thing. I was talking to a few clients this week. It amazes me how healthcare providers brush off patients. I'm trying to choose my words carefully because not everybody does this. There are amazing, amazing healthcare providers out in the world. And I just want to say I have an amazing PCP and I truly admire him. However, not everybody in the world is fortunate to have the type of care and the type of knowledge that I have. So they find themselves going to a professional, thinking they can trust the professional because they're paying a professional, and the professional just brushing them off. They could be dealing with factors in their life. They could be having something going on. They, there's a lot of things that could stem from this. So I'm not trying to put a bad stigma on healthcare providers because there's a lot of factors that go into that. However, the good healthcare providers out there, and y'all know who you are listening to this, you guys go above and beyond for the people coming out and asking questions and needing help and reassurance, and you're putting the most out there. Whatever happens, whoever comes to you, don't get jaded in life. Stay the best healthcare provider ever because those other healthcare providers who are telling my clients the weirdest things or saying the weirdest things to them, I just shake my head in disbelief 
that a professional would that do that to a patient who is genuinely concerned about their health. And for all of those that are burned out and ready to retire, guys, please figure it out. Don't keep treating the patient and brushing them off because they're genuinely trying to figure out what is going on. You know what? They may be scared and acting out and they can't do it on their family, so they do it on you. So please, I know as, as hard as it is in the field and how rude people are because it's everywhere now in this lifetime, be kind. Patients, be kind to your healthcare providers. Healthcare providers, please understand these are scared patients coming in just trying to figure out why, what the confusion is and is worried they can't trust anybody because things are just going super wrong in the system. Everybody just be kind to one another. Help each other out, uplift each other. So I'm gonna end it on that note. Like I said in the beginning, next week we're gonna go over thyroid. I hope this little bits and pieces of menopause, male hormone imbalances, kind of helps. Like I said, I'm not trying to sit here and tell you what's wrong, what to do, or what your symptom or case may be. My point is to educate on where each one is going, what could be happening, and how to kind of signal this to go and get help. And don't be scared to do a hormone replacement therapy. Don't be scared to take an estrogen or a progesterone to help your body. Do not be scared to take an herbal supplement that may help your body. If your provider you trust in is telling you what to do, communicate effectively with them and do what's best for your body. I hope you all have a really awesome week. Look forward to next week when we go more into thyroid. If you like today's podcast, please make sure to subscribe and listen every Friday. Like, comment, and share so others can enjoy just like you.